You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Washington football team 43-21 and improved their record to 2-1 on the season. Now that win, that was more like it. That was more like the football team that we fell in love with last year. Josh Allen playing lights out, carrying the football team, making dynamic plays, big-time throws, All over the field, extending plays, all the stuff that makes Josh Allen a dynamic football player. We got to see it again on Sunday against Washington, and it was great to see because I don't think I could have handled another week of having to explain lackluster Josh Allen performances to you. Like we've seen Josh Allen do time and time again, he silences the critics. So I think that's a good place to start with things I liked. We'll do things I liked, things I didn't like, recap my predictions, talk about what's next like we always do on a game recap podcast. But when we're talking about things I liked, the number one thing has to be Josh Allen. 32 of 48, completing 74.4% of his passes, 358 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Passer rating of 129.8. He added a rushing touchdown and accounted for five total touchdowns. That's the MVP caliber Josh Allen that we saw last year. And it was great to see. He was sensational in this football game. He was the best player on the field. Could not be stopped. He found his rhythm early hit throws to all levels of the field, extended plays with his legs, and this is the Josh Allen we expected to see this season. Distributed the football to eight different receivers, and he was terrific. Here's a stat that the NFL put out after this game, and this is pretty crazy. Josh Allen is the fourth player in NFL history to record multiple career games with over 300 passing yards, four or more touchdown passes, and a rushing touchdown. He joins Drew Brees, who did it four times, Aaron Rodgers, who did it three times, and Peyton Manning, who did it twice. Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Josh Allen, end of list for the history of the NFL. Good company to be in. That's what we want to see out of Josh Allen, especially after two lackluster performances, you had this big game against Washington, Houston next week, and then it's the two big ones, right? Kansas City on Sunday night football, on the road, Tennessee, Monday night football, on the road. This was your little stretch of games here to find your rhythm and get yourself right. So far, so good. Looking for another big game next week against Houston? And then let's go. Let's go take on the Chiefs. But for now, 
Josh Allen is on track. And the wide receivers in this game were terrific, which leads me to my next talking point. Like I said, eight different receivers caught a pass in this game. Nobody caught more than Cole Beasley. 11 receptions, a career high for Cole Beasley on 13 targets for 98 yards. 11 catches, 13 targets, 98 yards. That's efficiency. And I figured Cole Beasley was going to be a big part of this game today. Anytime Josh Allen needs to find some rhythm, he usually goes to Cole Beasley. And Beasley was terrific in this game. He was reliable, made tough catches, competed after the catch, and just got open. Made himself available for a quarterback that needed to find rhythm. How about Emmanuel Sanders? Five catches on six targets, 94 yards receiving, two touchdown catches, and he needed that. Josh Allen needed that with Emmanuel Sanders. We talked about that as a contributing factor to Josh Allen's slow start was the inefficiency throwing to Emmanuel Sanders, who had been targeted like 17% of the time when Josh Allen threw the football entering this game, and he had like six catches on 14 targets. While the two find some consistency and some rhythm against Washington, five catches on six targets, 94 yards, two touchdowns. Not a big game for Steph Diggs, but six catches for 62 yards. The big games for Diggs are coming. I promise you they're coming. But a very modest six for 62 for Steph Diggs. He played well in the game. How about my guy Dawson Knox? How about him? Four catches on five targets, 49 yards, and that tough touchdown catch with the fabulous prom celebration with Dawson Knox and Josh Allen after hooking up for the touchdown catch. Dawson Knox is finding some consistency here, folks. He's had a great start to the season, and it's not just a good start to the season. This dates back to last year. I tried to tell you this. Over the last 12 games, including the playoffs, so three to start the year in 2021, three playoff games, and then the last six regular season games in 2020, Dawson Knox has seven touchdown catches, a reception percentage of 74%, and that's on 50 targets, so it's not like a small amount of targets, a really good catch percentage of 74%, and Josh Allen has a passer rating of 133.75 when targeting Dawson Knox. Oh, by the way, his drop rate over that stretch is only 4%. This young man is developing right before our eyes. And obviously, 2021 couldn't be off to a better start, but that's why I wanted to tell you about the last six games last year and the three playoff games. I mean, this guy has turned the corner. And I'm very excited about what he can become. I don't think he's ever going to be the focal point of the offense. But continuously turning in four catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown, something like that every week, that's a really nice way for him to have a role in this offense. We know the bread and butter is always going to be Josh Allen throwing the football to wide receivers. But when you can mix in Dawson Knox like the Bills have this year and over the last 12 games in general, I think that's a great way to complement the offense. So Dawson Knox, outstanding again on Sunday. 
How about Zach Moss in this football game? 13 rushes, 60 yards. That's a little over four and a half yards per carry. Also had three catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. He had a positive impact in this game. And after those couple early game blunders last week where he had a fumble and then just didn't convert that short yardage situation that I thought he should, Zach Moss has very much been a net positive to this football team. Obviously, three touchdowns over the last two games speaks volumes. So it's nice to see Zach Moss stepping up. Devin Singletary, the first game and a half or so, he was kind of the guy. Now it's Zach Moss, and I love that. I love that these guys are interchangeable and the Bills can just ride the hot hand when it comes to the running back situation. How about the offensive line? Josh Allen not sacked at all in this game. And I need to watch the tape to really know how good they played. But it certainly felt like Josh Allen had all the time he needed against a really talented Washington defensive line. First round picks all up and down the the, the line there. And the Bills' offensive line, I think, stood up to the test. And maybe they would have a rusher get through every now and again, but there wasn't multiple rushers. Usually Josh Allen can handle that first guy. But when it's coming from multiple angles, I mean, there's only so much he can do. So I thought the Bills' offensive line held up pretty well in pass protection in this game. And for a a game in general where I thought it was going to be important for Brian Dable to have the right plan for pass pro, it worked. So all-around great performance by the offense led by Josh Allen. Productive day running the football. Wide receivers were good. Offensive line was good. It was the Buffalo Bills offense we thought we were going to get this year on Sunday. Yeah, that defense still played good too, right? Held Washington to 290 yards, 13 first downs. They were 2 of 11 on third down, averaged only 3.1 yards per rush. Bills defense forced three turnovers. And you know that 74 yards came on one play. So of the 290 that they earned, 74 came on that one play to Antonio Gibson, and that was a great play by Gibson. Some questionable angles and tackling effort by the Bills on that one, but nonetheless a great play by Gibson. Still only had 290 total yards of offense and 13 first downs. Bills defense played great, and I like that this was a different type of defensive performance. Last week, it was the defensive line and the pass rush and the front seven. They really ate all game long. This week, it was about the defensive backs. Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer both coming away with interceptions. Those guys are so good. Man, we've been so spoiled when it comes to elite safety play ever since those two dudes came to the team in 2017. They are exceptional football players. Hyde had five tackles, a tackle for loss, two pass breakups to go with his interception. Jordan Poyer had a tackle for loss and pass breakup to go with his interception. Trey White with the strip, great play coming in, forcing the football out, punching it out on Logan Thomas, setting up an early turnover. I'm pretty sure Levi Wallace was flawless in coverage. I mean, was he targeted more than once and he was perfectly in place? Taron Johnson continues to be lights out. Even Jaquan Johnson came into the game late, had a really physical tackle 
in a goal line type situation. Bills defensive backs were tremendous in this football game. How about Matt Milano? This guy continues to be exceptional. Six tackles, two tackles for loss, pass breakup, quarterback hit, fumble recovery. The guy's all over the place. Matt Milano is playing at a high level this year. He's easily been the Bills' defensive MVP, and he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Matt Milano being healthy matters a lot to this defense. We're seeing that on a weekly basis here with him healthy, flying around the field, making big-time plays. You know, that that short yardage stop, credit to Star Latulale for really blowing that play up, but Matt Milano was the one that came away with the tackle. Dude's been unbelievable. Bill's defense has been tremendous. I mean, Washington had one real touchdown drive in this game, and it came with the Bills leading 43-14 to with 10 and a half minutes left in the game. They scored their other two touchdowns on a result of that goofed kick return and, you know, the big-time 74-yard play. The Bills shut out Miami last week. I mean, the Steelers had one real touchdown drive in that entire game. The Bills' defense is back. And that's so exciting to me because I feel like this team just has the makings of a far more balanced and complete team than it was last year. And I think this game is a microcosm of that. A very complete win in terms of rushing offense, passing offense, rushing defense, passing defense. The Bills running the football. If you take away the three kneel downs at the end by Mitch Trubisky, they had 30 rushes, 120 yards, touchdown. Passing the football, 359 yards passing on 44 attempts, four passing touchdowns, no interceptions. They limited Washington to 14 of 24 passing, 212 yards, two picks. Limited Washington to 25 rushes for 78 yards. That's 3.1 yards per carry. And that's the third team in a row that we know wants to run the football but couldn't against the Bills. And you know other teams, when they're facing Buffalo and they know they have to go up against Josh Allen and the spread offense that can score a lot of points, they want to run the football and shorten the game and keep the Bills' offense on the sideline. And no team has been able to come in and do that. You think Washington didn't want that to be their script? On the road, big-time underdogs in the game without their starting quarterback, you don't think they wanted to come out and run the football with Antonio Gibson and J.D. McKissick and you know some good offensive linemen? The Bills being able to win up front and not allow teams to run on them has mattered a ton to the Bills' defensive success so far this year. A few other items here as we close out things I liked. How about no fumbles in this game? That was something that really bothered me in week one and week two, whether it was Josh Allen or Devin Singletary, just kind of being loose with the football at the end of plays. Didn't happen against Washington. Tyler Bass was perfect. Three for three on field goals, four for four on extra points. Matt Hawk had a good game. Two punts, both inside the 20, including one that was down at the one-yard line. Loved that drive before the end of the half. The Bills take over first and 10 from their own 20. 
25 seconds left in the half. They're up 24 to 14. Sean McDermott gives the offense some confidence by letting them go and put together a drive. They cover 51 yards in just like 25 seconds, set up a 48-yard field goal. They go into half 27 to 14, which I thought was a big deal considering Washington got the ball first coming out of the half. And then coming out of the half, the Bills start on defense. They force Washington to punt after four plays. The Bills take over with the football at their own seven-yard line, and that was a back-breaking drive. Not that you ever felt like the game wasn't under control, but being up 27-14, to getting the ball in the third quarter, your first possession of the second half, going 17 plays, 93 yards, 8 minutes and 17 seconds off the clock, capped by Emmanuel Sanders' second touchdown of the game. That was a critical moment. That was the moment where you knew this game wasn't getting away from the Bills. Josh Allen was a surgeon on that drive and said, this this ain't getting out of our hands. Backbreaking drive to make sure the game remained in Buffalo's control. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price of the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Football is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron with teams back on the field to start another season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. And don't forget to use promo code NFL100. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and they are your online sportsbook experts. All right, it's time for things I didn't like from this football game. And the Bills won 43-21. to A lot of good things happen in this one, but there is some stuff we got to bring up. Let's start with the pass rush. Didn't quite impact the game like I hoped it would. Only one sack that goes credited to Star Latulale, which was a great job of him pursuing the football, but Taylor Heineke just kind of went out of bounds a yard shy of the line of scrimmage, so it results in a sack, but it wasn't like a you know impact play where 
The Bills won a one-on-one battle and tackled the quarterback in the backfield. Only two quarterback hits for the game. Now, I love that the pass coverage seemed to be really, really good, and it didn't matter. And whether it was not having anywhere to go with the football or there being contested catch points where the Bills won and broke up a pass, the coverage was really good in this game. But the pass rush just wasn't getting there. And I'm anxious to kind of go back and watch the tape and see you know, if the Bills tried to manufacture some pressure um, or if it was just the stunt game wasn't working or what it was. But the Bills' pass rush just didn't impact this game like it did in week week one and week two. So that's the first thing I didn't like was, you know, a minimal impact from the pass rushing department in this football game. The next thing that I have written down is that tackling issues persist. And the Bills entered this game with the second most amount of missed tackles in the NFL so far this year. And they absolutely added to that total on Sunday. And it's been a problem under Coach McDermott for his entire reign as the Bills head coach, which is surprising. But year after year, they're in the top three of the NFL when it comes to missed tackles. And so I'd love for this to go away, but it just doesn't. And so it's a very obvious way for the Bills defense to improve in my mind. And uh, they had their share of missed tackles again against Washington. The next thing I have written down is Isaiah McKenzie's kick return. Whatever happened there? Dustin Hopkins kicks off and he runs down the field and fields his own kick. I mean, what was Isaiah McKenzie doing there? Did he think it was a punt return and that he could let it hit the ground and that it wasn't a live ball. I'm not sure what he was thinking, but it was a bad play. Now, fortunately, the Bills were well ahead, and it didn't cost them the lead or anything like that, but that was a goof. And maybe you're saying, Joe, it was the wind. The wind definitely pushed the ball down and created a weird situation. Well, that's part of being a return guy in Buffalo, is understanding those wins. And that's what Brandon Bean said during the press conferences that he had over the summer. It was like, you know, that's what makes it even more difficult to be a return guy in Buffalo is the wind. Funky things are going to happen. Now, fortunately, like I said, it didn't cost the bills, but in a different game, it might. So go aggressively, try to catch the football, but don't just let it hit the ground. It's a live ball on a kickoff return. So that was obviously a mental mistake. Hopefully everybody learns from it. But man, that was an embarrassing moment. The next thing I have written down is Gabriel Davis. And I don't think this is actually anything Gabriel Davis is doing wrong. But after having no targets last week, he had one catch. And it was a good catch. I think he had over 20 yards on the reception. But it's very clear that Gabriel Davis is not healthy right now. And he's not making an impact on this football team. And we know what he's capable of. And, you know, you think about those extended plays that happened last year and how often Gabriel Davis was on the receiving end of them. And Davis just isn't on the field. Now, part of that is I think the Bills really like Emmanuel Sanders, and obviously they love Cole Beasley and Steph Diggs. 
So I expected there to be a, a reduced workload for Davis, but but you watch the Bills put three, four, five receivers on the field all the time and just not a lot of Gabe Davis. And so what I don't like here is that something's wrong with that ankle and he's not helping the team like I know he can. So I want to see him get healthy, even if you sit him. Sit him against Houston. Whatever you have to do to get him right and able to help your football team down the stretch, go ahead and do it now. Because I know that he can help this team, and that ankle is obviously impacting his ability to do that right now. So those were the four main things that I had written down under things I didn't like. Pass rush didn't have a big-time impact. Tackling issues persist. The Isaiah McKenzie kick return and Gabriel Davis not being healthy. I don't want to make this harder than it has to be. I could bring up failing to convert on a fourth down attempt. They put a bunch set out there, try to set out a little flat outbreaking route to Devin Singletary. He catches the football, gets tackled immediately. I mean, I could gripe about that a little bit. They didn't convert on a two point conversion. I don't know. Like, <laughs> these. It's not a long list, and so I'm not going to sit here and make this harder than it has to be. The Bills played great. It was a blowout win over the Washington football team. They handled their business. They stacked a couple wins together, and overall, there just isn't that much to gripe about, and so I'm not going to manufacture it just so that I can have more to say in the things I didn't like segment, so I'm not going to do it. There you have it. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. They have cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, salted caramel, Double chocolate, mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, coconut. So many great flavors. And look, maybe you don't know where to start. Get yourself a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all and figure out which ones are your favorites. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting protein bar on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180 only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty, and they're all healthy. I've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, so let's close things out by reflecting on the predictions that I made for the game and quickly talking about what's next for the Bills and this podcast. So let's look at those predictions that I made. I had five of them. I did pretty good. First one, not so much. I predicted that the Bills would have at least four sacks in the game. They didn't. They had one and only hit Taylor Heineke twice. So not 
Not the game I was looking for out of the Bills' pass rush on Sunday. My second prediction was that the Bills would hold Washington under 300 total yards in 21st downs. They did that. Held them to 290 yards and 13 first downs. So check the box. We got that one right. The next one. I said Cole Beasley would have a touchdown and lead the team in receptions. Well, I didn't get the touchdown, but he did lead the team with 11 catches, a career high 11 catches for Cole Beasley on 13 targets. And I felt this coming. I know that when Josh needs to find rhythm, Cole is his guy. And that's exactly what happened. Thought it was a good plan. It's always a good plan. Throw the ball to Beasley over and over again. It seems to be a winning formula. So hopefully the Bills continue to feature Cole Beasley in the passing game and keep that rhythm going. The next one, I predicted a 65% completion percentage for Josh Allen. He shattered that 74.4% on the day for Josh Allen. Now, let me say something real quick here. I'm surprised I didn't talk about this yet. Josh missed a couple of throws down the field. And when I say missed, I mean that they were two incomplete passes, two digs down the field early in the game. The first one, um, Diggs was wide open. He was wide open, easy touchdown. But Josh sailed the throw a little bit wide towards the sideline. I mean, the guy had Deron Payne closing in on his knees and um, just didn't have him, didn't, wasn't set, couldn't make the throw. So I think in a more normal circumstance, he was going to hit that one. And then the other was arguably pass interference by Washington, but I thought that Diggs needed to flatten that route out a little bit. He carried it a little bit tighter than I thought. Josh Allen led him more towards the middle of the field, and Diggs did not have the same angle to the football that I thought he would, and I think that was more of a miscommunication than a straight-up misfire by Josh Allen. So um, still, he had a 74% completion percentage. I predicted at least 65% checked the box. I predicted a Bills win, and they delivered. Next up for the Bills, a home game against the Houston Texans. The Bills open as 17-point favorites in that game. A massive home favorite are the Bills in Week 4, a game that I will be in attendance for. I can't wait to get out there. Uh, My wife, my brother's coming as well. And I'll have some more details to share with you later in the week regarding where we can meet up before the game on Sunday. Um, Obviously, like I said, I'm coming to town for the game, and I hope to meet as many of you as possible on Sunday before the game. So uh, stay tuned for more details on that. So next week, the Bills host the Houston Texans. Real quick on the AFC East, not a great day if you're not the Buffalo Bills. The Jets, Dolphins, and Patriots all lost. The Jets were shut out by the Denver Broncos 26-0. Zach Wilson, their rookie quarterback, had two more interceptions on Sunday. Patriots fell 28-13 to the Saints. Mac Jones, their rookie quarterback, had three interceptions, but he did lead the team in rushing yards with 28. And then Miami lost 31-28 in overtime against the Raiders. So the Bills sit alone atop the division at 2-1 after week three. As for the podcast, tomorrow is Herd Mentality. 
uh, Wednesday, Comprehensive Primer. Thursday, Crossover Preview with Locked On Texans. Friday will be our leftover thoughts. We'll speak to Banged Up Bills. I'll give you my predictions and all the stuff that we do during game weeks. So make sure that you don't miss any of that. And as a reminder, tomorrow is Herd Mentality. I'm recording the podcast at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So if you have something to get in, send it in early so that way I can get the podcast taken care of and ready for you to listen to on Tuesday morning. So I appreciate that. I appreciate you listening. Thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. I hope that you've taken a moment to make sure that you're subscribed. Would love it if you rate and review the podcast, share it, retweet it on social media, post it on Facebook. All that stuff is so helpful. Tell a friend. I really, really appreciate it. Enjoy this Victory Monday, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.